But about October time, I went freelance and started thinking out of the box. And that was it. All the, it was kind of like a matrix moment. You've been told you can bend space and time and stuff, but you don't quite figure out until you just go off the, off the wall one day and you just randomly do it. And I thought, oh, my God, this is so much easier. This is so much easier. And what I've noticed now is I don't really talk about much laws or anything. I just talk about logic. And each time logic blows everything out of the water. Or I also imply contracts. So like the legal law always have to have everything written down and every scenario covered. Whereas now when I'm going up against the legal society, I imply a contract as in you're here to serve me or you know, you provide this lovely benefit, but never once were you, you, were you were hired to cause me harm. So what happened here? So I kind of put in some form of a contract and then say, right, but if you carry on doing this, that's going to cause me harm. But I know that's not your intention. But if you carry on from this day, then it is your intention to cause me harm. And it is intention to cause harassment. And if you collect any money off that, then it is extortion. It will be seen as extortion. And that basically pretty much stops everybody. That, those sort of scenarios, for most situations, um, and it's hard to generalize, but once you're doing it freely and it becomes in your own language, it's uh, a lot more natural and it just, I, I don't have to think anymore. I don't have to remember that rule, that law, that I just stick to very minimal amounts and just go ahead with that. So really, get yourself 50 words, 100 words, you're pretty much there. Then you start to figure out how to write things. Uh, a good way to construct a letter is, you know, what do you want from this, the, letter, the notice that you're, you know, you're about to write? And also, you can also look at the process that you're in and look what's coming next. So in, in, in one example which I did was uh, some guy that I helped, he got me involved at the point where he had to go to... Uh, a crown court, and the next stage was to plead. Everybody knows what plead is. That is the only thing that he, the judge wants out of that guy when he goes is to plead. So I've got him over a barrel. So basically, he may think that I'm going to plead, but then I'll get him to answer one or two questions. And then I'll also put in that if he wants me to plead a guilty or not guilty, it will be seen as him creating a case from him creating a plea because I wish not to give a guilty or a not guilty because I couldn't plea. So as soon as we turned up, uh, you know, he was placed in on notice that if he went down this angle, he'd be creating a contract and getting us to perform to it, which would be considered as harassment. But if he wished to make a plea on his behalf, he didn't have authority to do that. But if he wanted to do it, then he was going to cause harm and he'd be liable for it. So when we turned up in, in and we put that in writing, uh, very simply, uh, I think I've done it a bit too wordly, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, basically what we did is just turned up to the court and um, the, the barrister laughed his head off. And he also looked at who's this weird guy called Ballyman that's going to come. And then the funny thing was, because he didn't know who I actually was, he was kind of sitting in the seat in front of me and I could see he was Googling phrases out of what I wrote, thinking, ah, oh, it must be a free man thing. And then uh, he underlined phrases and Googled them and realized there's no, there's no phrases for what he's written. And then he Googled my name and then a whole load of YouTube clips popped up and a picture of me. And then um, he kind of looked around and then uh, we went outside and he thought, right, this guy, this guy is an ordinary guy. This guy's come in here for a reason. But anyway, when we went back in, when the the judge called us, the judge was like the nicest guy in the world, and the barrister was just confused. He was thinking, "Hang on, we should be getting a plea. The guy should be, you know, straightforward. It should be all over by now. We should all be out." And the judge started by saying, "Nope, we're not going to have any pleas here today." And that was it. The barrister was just confused. I thought, "Hang on, isn't that what we're here for?" And um, the guy actually said to the judge, are you sure? Are you sure you don't want me, want to make a plea or me to make a plea? And the judge just said, no, no, thanks. <laughs> and the barrister is just confused as anything. <laughs> but um, that's what I'm saying is when you're thinking of a, a letter, write clearly what you're trying to do, what you're trying to do, and part of the process. And if they cross that line, 
what will it be seen as? Um, and then jot it all down, and it might be two pages, and get it down to one page. And that's always a good way to write a letter. You've got to start learning these words, man. Guilt means that you feel that you owe a debt. So did you feel that you owed me a debt because you're on the no. phone? No. no. Well, see, you just got to be careful. Because when a judge asked you, are you guilty? You said, what, I owe a debt to who? I don't know. Nobody tended me a bill. I'm just asking you, are you guilty? I, and I'm answering you. Who says I'm in debt? Says, who am I in debt to? Am I in debt to society? You want me to pay a debt off to society? Yeah, you owe a debt to society. What debt do I owe? Tell me. Well, here's the charge. Oh, thank you. Somebody did tender me a bill. Thank you. So these are the charges. This is the debt I owe. You want me to say I'm guilty that I owe this debt? Hmm. How much is how much do you want? What? How much do you want? For me to satisfy this bill, for the satisfy this debt. How much do you want? How much do you want me to want for me to satisfy this guilt? What do you want from me? Oh, we want your blood. We want an ounce of flesh. We want to put you in a cage. Oh really? Well, sorry, I can't afford that. What else would you wish for? Because you ain't getting that. You want that from me, huh? You gotta give me a billion dollars first, then you can get that pound of flesh. You wanna give me that in exchange? Well no. Well then what you want is too high of a debt. What I want is too high of a price. Let's negotiate. So freaking simple is it scary. Yes, I'm helping the man in in Montana. And we are going strictly legalese. We're going fully through statute. So every word I'm using with him is in the red words I would be using in that dictionary. If I was going to use it in common law, I'd use the blue terms. So that way people don't have to tell me, well, Carl, you said this, but then it says this in the dictionary, but it says that. Are you writing something in legalese? This man is a tax, has a tax preparing service. He wants to maintain the license. He wants to be certified as a tax consultant in the state of Montana. I said, good, you want to maintain the license, right? Okay, they said you violated the code. Okay, we're going to beg for forgiveness and we're going to ask the, is there anything we can do to compensate? If all you did was tell me what it was, you didn't have to go to this extreme measure and take all my computers out of my company. You didn't have to do all this. Why didn't you just, you know, explain to me what the problem is? And I would have corrected immediately. That was like a nice thing we wrote the other day for a show cause and another nice thing for an appearance. But it wasn't common law. It was legalese. So obviously, if I was writing something, I said, well, what do, how do you guys want to do this? you want to beg forgiveness from the government? Well, no. I want to put the government in a position where I'm the master of the government. Or I'm the creator of the government. Okay, well, then you want to go common law? Yeah, well, then use the blue words. Well, no, I want to keep my driver's license. I want to keep my uh, company up and running. I don't want to have uh, me, you know, not be capable of doing state of Montana tax returns anymore. I want to keep my certification. Because if you don't have a certification and you put it in, and perhaps the clients, they're going to reject it. They're going to say, no, this wasn't prepared by a, a person certified to do taxes. You know, you can't, like, it's like, say, practicing a, uh, being a doctor. I said, you don't know enough yet to the 77-year-old man and never know enough to say, look, I could do brain surgery and perform it on another man if I wish to. And there's not a damn thing the state could do about it. And he's right. But can he carry it all the way through? This guy will never be able to carry it all the way through. Can I prepare taxes for somebody? Yeah. Do I need the government's blessing? No. But can this man figure it out? He's 77 years old. He'll never have enough years to figure it out. So I said, you know what? You better just get on board with them, and you just better play their game, because you ain't got enough time left in your life to figure out what the hell I do. You ain't figured it out by 77. You'll never know. So we're doing through his stuff, through legalese. He called me up today. And he says he wants to uh, file a motion. He called up an attorney, and the attorney said they recommend to file a motion on freezes accounts. So I said, good idea. The only problem with that is when you were talking to the other side in court on Thursday, uh, Friday, did you... Um, get in and writing from them the proposal that they'll unfreeze like seven of your accounts but they want to keep one account frozen did you get it in writing he says no it was verbal I said get it in writing ask them a very nice letter because when I said how would you ask them for the letter to put it in writing he says well I said da 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 I want to unfreeze again no you got to talk sweet 
I said to him, you've got to say to him, uh, the lady you were talking to says, oh, ma'am. I said, yes, it would be a great, uh, it, was, it was a pleasure doing business with you on Friday. I had a lovely conversation. You know, I, I think we're going to resolve this matter in an amicable manner. Uh, you know, please forgive me again if uh, we did something in error. And, and, uh, and again, I would like to remind you that um, we were talking about unfreezing accounts here. Well, I and my congregation would deeply appreciate, you know, if you would um, keep you know, uh, what you said to me, and would you please put it in a form of writing, I, you know, and please send it back so I could write a motion and attach it as an exhibit to place before the court. Thank you, and again, if there's anything I could do for you, please get in touch with me as soon as you can. And I, I want to get my clients and my congregation in this community, you know, I want to get it back on track with the blessings of the state. Kind regards, and then put your name. And that's it. And then he's going to hopefully she'll write a lovely letter back fairly quickly and say, okay, you know what, I'll do do that. I'll tell the judge, yeah, fine. Because if she doesn't put a letter in there like that for an exhibit, he's going to say to the judge in the motion, he says, you know, I I requested this court to uh, unfreeze the accounts. And the judge is going to say, I deny you at this time until while the investigation is still ongoing. I'll see you for trial on, uh, I'll see you for the first preliminary hearing on uh, April 17th, like we said to you on Friday. You know, so I said, all he's going to do is deny it. I said, you better, you better talk really sweet to these people. You better mention the fact that you've got like a Christian organization up there, and you, and that if I had this Christian organization, you're going to harm those folks, and that you have tenants that live in your apartments, and when you freeze the accounts, you're not going to be able to pay the electrical bill, and all these little ladies in Montana are going to, be without electricity and heat and hot running and water and they won't be able to take a shower because you can't pay off the utility companies. You better write a real sweet letter to the lady saying, look, you, you know, you might have something against me, but you realize you're also hurting these, my tenants because I'm not able to pay any of the utility bills. And you also took the money that I used to pay utility bills. So when a judge sees that, you write a lovely letter like that, the judge might say, oh, 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 okay, maybe we're going a little too far with this. Okay, maybe we took too many accounts. Okay, okay. You know, we don't want all these little ladies coming after us. I said, yeah, because that's the next letter we're going to write. I said, well, thank you for not freezing the accounts. And uh, now I got uh, 36 families out here without hot water and without water period and no electricity. And, yeah, I'm sure you're going to hear letters from them real soon. And I told them whether they in touch with you. And I told them that you got the money to pay their, uh, that they gave, that you gave me to pay for your utilities. But for some reason, you know, you do, you wish to keep it, and you don't believe, and the judge doesn't believe, that I was using that money to pay for the utilities to keep your water and your lights on, and, you know, your gas stoves working. So, you know, I guess you're going to have to inform the judge that, you know, he, his ruling is causing harm to man and woman, and that he is not in a position, he was not put into that place of authority to cause harm to man and woman. So I said that's going to be the letter we're going to write if he continues to freeze your accounts. I said, but we're going to do this a little bit at a time. That's like my landlord over here saying, well, my brother doesn't like colored people up here, and uh, he wants you out. That That's a reason to throw me out? Oh, I could fight it. Oh, there's no problem. All I got to do is say, can you put that in a form of an order? Have your attorney put it in a form of an order that you wish me to leave at the end of the month. says, what? Yeah, yeah. I, Ed, and Larry... Wish an order for called to vacate the premises by April 1st. That's all you got to do. And hand it to me. And the magic will start happening. Really? Yeah, really. Just have your lawyer do it on that letterhead. Go ahead. Bring it back to me. I'm sure they'd be dumb enough to do that. And then as soon as I move my cars out, move my animals to my mom's farm, I'll hand them a bill. For $1,000. I said, so far... uh, during this uh, moving process, this vacating process, I've moved uh, vehicles, i moved my animals, and uh, it, the, the bill is so far is $917.16. I require you to pay this bill so I could finish completing your order. And you're going to be like, what? Yeah, did you order me? Yeah. Do I got a form of writing? Yeah, did you sign it on your attorney's letterhead? Yeah. Did I move this stuff out so far? Well, half of it, well, I'm going to need to be paid so far. Because you know what? I was, I was thinking about it. You know what? I, don't th- I think you're going to dispute the bill. I think you're going to give me a hard time. Honestly, I don't think you're going to pay me. He's like, well, hell no, we ain't going to pay you. That's what I thought. I didn't think you were going to pay me. I'm going to have to sue you. I'm like, what? 
You're going to sue us. No, you got to leave. That's right. You order me to leave. I'm not carrying that yoda here. I'm carrying that yoda. Very simple. Like I said to the guy, he said, you want me to go teach your uh, lady friend that uh, you're throwing out in the street today? You, you want me to teach her how to stay in there for the rest of her life? He says, well, we've got an open lease law here in Montana. I said, exactly. That's a beautiful concept for the tenant because there's nothing in writing. It's hearsay. It's your word against her word. And I'll explain to her. You said that you, she could stay there indefinitely as long as she just keeps up every month when she comes from rent. Yeah, how are you going to like to see that in court? How's your wife going to like to see that? How's your congregation going to like to see that? And then he called up his uh, buddy who was and said, you know what, I think we're going to have a little more time. Don't throw out in the street this month. We'll let us stay there for another month. I said, yeah, what a good Christian. That's awfully lovely of you. And then I was thinking, you know what? This is karma. This guy's got his business shut down. The government came in, took all his stuff in the middle of tax season, the busiest time of the year for him. This is karma because he has no problem throwing people out of their apartments because they're paying the ass. Uh-huh. And I said, this is lovely. This is God's way of saying that to him. You know, somebody must have prayed really hard. It's like, God, get this bastard to throw me out of my apartment. God, strike this man down. And somebody's wish is coming true. Oh, well. Calm as a bitch. So the guy's got a criminal case. He's like, all right. He said, yes, we were making houses worth more than they really were. I said, oh, let me take a guess. You did this back in 2006, 2007? He said, exactly. I said, so you got charged when? Like 2009? He said, yep. I said, you've been studying since then? He said, yep. I said, God bless you. I said, I love criminal cases, especially when the United States government is the plaintiff. He's looking at, I said, you're looking at jail time? He said, yeah, they're offering me like, uh, I think it was like 18 months or something like that. I said, oh, good. I said, you got them in writing? He says, yeah. I said, oh, God bless you. I said, you got that proposal? He says, yeah, I'm supposed to answer today. I said, I said oh, you know what you do? Just tell them that um, you're talking to friends and family and you're seeking uh, their counsel and making sure that uh, if you do accept and go to jail for 18 months that everything will be okay with the home, with the family and everything. So can you just give me a couple more days? I got a, I got a friend coming to help me uh, from the East Coast and he wants to help read the proposal and I'm sure we can work something out. I'm sure I'll you know, take the 18 months but in jail and let me just have a little bit, a couple more days, and I'll have an answer for you by Friday. He said, oh, boy, that sounds like a good thing to write to him. So, oh, yeah, it's going to be swell. You actually got it in writing. Yeah, the United States Committee of Extortion. Yeah, lovely. Just like the IRS does. Have you done any IRS things lately other than uh, John? No, I haven't done the IRS case in a while, man. I did the CRA people. Same thing, kind of. I think no, worse, no. better. Jason's doing the IRS stuff up in Canada. He's the one that has uh, 571 uh, CRS cases on indefinite hold. The 571 uh, cases they've stayed. 571 cases he's got on hold? How is he managing that? They just asked the question. Of course, they were... The people who were all indicted on this, like 1099 OID. See, they brought Winston Shroud up there like a year or two ago. All these poor bastards, the 1099 OIDs. So they brought me up like a year and a half later. Said, so how do we get out of this OID problems that this clown got us into? If you Google, like, Winston Shroud, Kelowna, saying, yeah, I heard Winston Shroud was up here. Yeah, I heard you people got in a little bit of trouble. But they had it on their 60 Minutes TV show up there. He said, there's a 60 Minutes TV show we got up here, like you guys got in the United States. And they were explaining how they were going to come after us and put us all in jail for doing what we did. He says, yeah, and then we put this letter into the court. We we required the court to answer it. The CRA had to put a stay on the proceedings indefinitely until they could figure out a way to answer Carl Lentz's question. Why do you think Carl Lentz's question, what, huh? Yeah, why do you think they don't like me? up in Canada, because I'll ask one question and I'll shut the whole club down. You couldn't get into Canada, right? And Didn't you like have a problem getting through the border or something a while ago? That's right. Was it like, who thought you people how to put, ask this question? Who explained, who, who explained this to you people? Who taught you? Oh, let's watch the call, call in Kelowna. Oh, let's watch the video. Oh, he's helping 1099 OID people. Yeah. He's the game. 
oh, we're going to put all these bastards in jail. You know, I guess not now, are you? Oh, well. Tough to be the CRA, man. You can't, you, you can't throw people in jail. It must be breaking your heart. You can't hurt these people. You can't harm their families. All this some ridiculous money. Okay, maybe they did something they shouldn't have done. Okay. They put as many people up in Canada they do it down down here in jail for debts. Yeah, but what I'm saying is the Canadian people are just gullible, man. They're not bad. They're just gullible. How many people got the 1099 cases, the OID cases here in the United States? Like three. Where do people like Winston Trump promote this stuff? Canada. They got thousands of people in trouble up there. I don't know how he convinced people in Canada to file into the United States Treasury Department IRS tax return. You ain't going to convince somebody in the United States to make a Canadian tax return. You ain't going to convince people. Well, you know what? Let's file a 99 OID through the CRA. You, you, nobody in the United States is stupid enough to do that. I don't know how they convince the people up in Canada to do that. There's no way in the world a Canadian could possibly fill out a 1099 OID tax return from the United States as a contractor doing work for the government or doing just doing work you know in general for the general population what, what are you kidding me so obviously when I went up there you, you don't think the, the Canadian government said hey you know we were going to burn these 571 people and make an example out of them and this bastard call came up here and he, he told them to write a letter to the judge whose property is this and to begin with who's, who's making a claim who's saying I did something wrong you know, can I meet this person? Can I meet this man? Can I meet this woman? Good luck with that. I had somebody who had, uh, he had his business taken from him in the state of Washington. It was $150 million water treatment products that he was making. And he, he asked me for help. And he said the government seized all this property on Thursday or Friday. He said, by the time you got an attorney on Monday or Tuesday to go back to the factory to uh, get some of his paperwork, he says every single one of the products, every single one of the machines was taken from the factory and shipped over to China. This guy, he said to me, Cole, what should I do? I said, dude, there's nothing for you to do. Fuck, the government is going to reimburse you. They're going to give you a $150 million check. They're going to reimburse you, dude. They don't care about the money. They just print more. They don't care. What they wanted was to shut you down. And to take all your manufacturing equipment and machinery and all your tools and ship them to China. Because the Chinese are going to be in a one world order. They're going to be the manufacturer base of the world. Not you. And they're just teaching you, when you get your $150 million check back from them, don't ever think about opening up a manufacturing plant in the United States again. They're going to teach you a lesson. They're going to teach all your manufacturers a lesson. The United States of America is not where you're going to manufacture anything. It's going to go to China, whether you like it or not. We're going to come there Thursday... And by Monday morning, everything's going to be gone and shipped to China. There's not a damn thing you can do to stop it. That's exactly what they did to you, buddy. So save your money. You don't got to give me a dime. Get a lawyer. They're going to cut your check. It's that simple. He's like, wow. He's like, I'm going to get my money. Oh, you're going to get your money. It's ridiculous green little pieces of toilet paper. It's digits in the computer. They don't give a effing damn because they're going to collapse it anyway. So enjoy it while you got it. But the manufacturing base in the United States is over. I don't care if you make a ping pong ball. They're going to come down, seize your equipment, and ship it to China. He says, well, you know what? You're right, because there was $13.5 billion of civil forfeitures in the state of Washington alone last year. He says, all my friends' factories and plants are being shut down and shipped to China. There you go. Civil forfeitures. I said, what, what was the allegation of the charge? He said, uh... They said it was um, copyright trade and fringe marks that we were using uh, products that we didn't have uh, copyright, that somebody else had a copyright. Pat Nova. That's it? Yeah, that's it. They did that to Gibson. They actually, they had some kind of a different wood, Gibson guitars. They went in, they raided all his wood. Yeah. You hear about that? Yeah, but like I said, that's that's an easy example that everybody knows is because the, the, the guitar manufacturers... Somehow, there's some sort of a trade agreement with the United States and India or the United States and China to make all the guitars over there. And heaven forbid, if anybody tries to make a guitar over here, we're going to shut you down. Yeah, they're going to charge you with the most ridiculous thing they can find so that you battle them in court to get your money back for your uh, machinery. You'll get your check. You'll get your $100 million check there, Rob Gibson. 
no, no Gibson guitar will ever be built again in the United States. And they're teaching you a lesson. Well, there's Gibson guitars open. Hey, what did I just tell you? They're going to teach you a lesson by shutting your plant down on Thursday or Friday, unbolting it, and bringing it over to China by Monday. They wanted to do that. But since Gibson Guitar was such a big, famous company, they made the headlines. The, the guy who made this water treatment uh, products, like he said, well, it's mostly used for like camping, when you're on camping and you're pulling pond water in, in our device and you could be able to drink any water. It doesn't matter if it's got radioactive uh, whatever in it. My 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 uh, water purifier will take everything out of the water, so it's safe for human consumption. I said, yeah, you think the United States government wants you to promote that shit and sell it when they're putting shit in the water? You think they want people like you to filter it out? I said, yeah, good luck with that. But you said you said they got them for copyright or yeah, was it copyright infringement? <laughs> like, you're trying to say his his device was too close to somebody else's. There's just some legal loophole bullshit. All that's going to happen is the government's going to say, oopsie, after five, six, seven years of litigation, I say, oh, you know what? You were right. Right, exactly. Your, 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 your pattern was totally different than this guy's pattern. Oopsie. They went into this huge factory plant warehouse on Thursday when he got the, uh, an injunction from the court to let him come back in and get some of his personal stuff out of his office. The factory, the machines, all the products stripped, unbolted from the factory and shipped to China over the weekend. What's he going to do? File a notice? It's ridiculous. No, he's got to file a lawsuit. That's it. And, and, and all he gets is $150 million. What be do? What all his stuff was worth? What be do? What is he giving in Federal Reserve notes, debt notes, digits in the and digits in the computer? What be do? And the only thing that this is going to teach this man, I told him, is what? You're never going to open up a manufacturing plant in the United States ever again, are you? He said, health? No. I said, that's right. If you want to build one, invest one, where are you going to go? China. He said, that's right. They're teaching us all a lesson. You're going to play this one world order game whether you like it or not. You want to be in a game? Play with us. Make your product over in China like everybody else is doing. The United States is just going to be for oil, timber, coal, water. We're going to be a third world nation. Education and uh, medical. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah, medical, yeah. That sounds about right. Like Europe is going to be the, the, the financial district of the world. Yeah. Everybody sliced up the world. I mean, it's a, it's a kind of a silly movie, but it's like the rollerball movie. Every section of the world has a different thing. It's just like Brave New World. Every 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 continent is going to specialize in something, so nobody can attack anybody. If the only place you can get steel on planet Earth is India, well, you better not go to war with India because all your tanks and machines are made out of steel, and you're going to run out of steel supply in a year or two. So your war better end pretty quick because you're going to run out of steel. It's the same thing with they're saying with the, the military planes, the fighter jets in this country. All our like our computer chips are made in China. And China puts things in the computer chips that will disable the American airplanes if they fly over Chinese airspace. They're writing code in there. They fly over Chinese airspace, the plane will crash, the plane will blow up. Good luck with attacking China. They're not stupid. They know how to end war. It's going to end, whether you like it or not. And that's why they believe they're on a mission from God. So I totally understand their point of view. If they say, well, this is the way we're going to stop these warring nations. This is how we're going to stop people from fighting. We're going to make them depend on each other, whether they like it or not. Any of the really large, large, uh, well-known names, they're all gone. But there's some smaller, smaller Oh, uh, yeah, it's mom and pop place. It's a big deal. How are they going to supply a nation? If if we poke on a very select few of people. They're just getting rid of diversity. They're saying, this is what you got. You better like it. Because that's all you get. That's the options you get. Oh, you want to make your own toothbrush? Go ahead. Tell me how many years it's going to take you to design and make a toothbrush. How many mom and pop shops are going to specialize? Like, we're going to make toothbrushes. Yeah, please. Like I said, it's going to be one size fits all. And like you're saying, it speeds up production costs or lowest production costs. I mean, what this system is a beautiful, brilliant system. It's just boring as shit. And if you like to be bored to tears, hey, they got a system and they got a one world order for you. I don't like pure. I don't like only one style, one size fits all. That's not my thing. But, you know, the other half of the world loves it. They love to belong to like one community, one organization. They they feel a comfort in that. They feel that they're part of a collective. 
That's fine. That's lovely. I like Davy Crockett in it. I like going out there with a shovel and a, and a, and a knife and saying, you know what, I could do this. A lot of people are scared to do that. But they should just leave us alone. But they're not going to. The ones that they want to be left alone, they come after them out in the, out in the middle of the country, the ones that are off the grid. Yeah. They they uh, they try to go after them, people that want, you know, they're self-sustainable. They want to just be left alone. Some of those people they go after. Yeah. That example. Make an example out of them. And make an example out of them, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the Children's Aid Society approached her at her home and told her that they are going to take her um, her unborn child, her little boy, that is going to be born in, you know, maybe a week, and they are going to um, take this baby baby from her uh, when when she has it. No, I've, I've, I spoke with her a little bit. Like I said, I just spoke with her today. Um, I have known this this young woman as a child. Um, she lives, um, you know, in a, a, a small town close to me, sort of thing. So I did ask her several questions whether there was any. Um, she has already lost a child to Children's Aid, and the little girl is uh, about four or five years old. And I asked if there was any criminal charges. Why was this uh, other young young little girl? taken it was because of a domestic dispute why didn't she say they're taking this one she didn't know they do do that i i know that you know if they have one and as soon as they find out that a mother is having another one they're right there just like a bunch of wolves at the door and they'll find a reason um they have asked her if uh, she would sign a consent form so I asked her if there was any abuse um, or any charges or anything laid against her or her boyfriend, you know, uh, concerning the, the other little girl that was taken. And obviously, she said no, and she said obviously she can't she can't get this the little girl back. They don't know how. Lawyers won't help. You know, the baby's the little girl's gone. And uh, so now, because she's having another one, of course, they want to be right there and they're going to snatch it. Now, they don't have any reason, to the best of my knowledge at this point. I'm trying to research and find out everything I can about this this uh, woman that, like I say, I have known in the past. So I, it, it's a little easier for me to get information about her because I live in a small village, so it's not going to be hard, too too hard for me to find out you know, if she's being honest and truthful. So anyway, she she did give a um, consent for the children's aid to speak to her doctor to see they wanted to know that she was doing prenatal classes. Now, I know for a fact that children's aid will use that against you. If you have not taken prenatal, prenatal classes as a woman, they'll consider you unfit. There's an excuse for them to take your baby because you have not taken prenatal classes, and they'll do that, and they'll use that against you. Anyway, so what I was thinking of doing was um, having this uh, young woman write a letter to the woman that has basically threatened to, to rob her baby at birth and write her a letter stating that concerning um, um, the statements that you had mentioned to me that you were going that you're going to take my property uh, shortly after birth, that she doesn't consent uh, to this woman doing that. And I, I think um, I, I would have, have her write a letter also to her authority, um, to the Children's Aid's authority, you know, have a, a couple of letters going out, one to the woman that threatened to take this unborn child and another one maybe to her authority, to the authorities, you know, the, the head of the Children's Aid this is actually in Lindsay, Ontario, um, and uh, I, I would have her send a couple of letters out to begin with, and also resend her signature as far as uh, her consent that she had allowed them to get information from her doctor. I think she should re resend her signature, and um, I also suggested that she should write a letter to her doctor and, and uh, state that... Um, she does not give consent for the children's aid to have any any disclosure of any kind um, concerning her or her unborn child. So that's what I was thinking. 
and I, I'm just looking for any other suggestions or ideas in order to help this this woman, you know, retain her. Uh, that, you're in the right track, I think. But I think I would just write a letter uh, to this uh, woman and ask, uh, you know, what's the reasoning? Uh, I, I, you know, uh, concerning uh, what you you did they write to her or uh, talk to her? No, it was verbal. Verbal. So you write a letter to her and say, uh, just to follow up on our conversation uh, the other day, um, uh, uh, can you clarify for me what is the reasoning why you're attempting to uh, take my property? Okay. Or or what's the reasoning why you're trying to do what you're doing or something like that? Probably, I don't know if you want to mention property right off the bat. You just want to get her to put it in writing. Or just say, uh, uh, I, I forget what you talked to me about the other day. Could you send me that in writing, please? Yeah. So it might be might be easier to to get things started by just getting them to clarify it. You know, I don't totally recall what you talked to me about the other day. Could you send me a letter uh, explaining what you talked to me about? What What do you think the good is going to be from that? just to get in writing what they're saying they want to do. And then you can follow it up. Right now it's just been spoken. <clears throat> yeah, get so them there's to no admit, record get of them, it. Yeah, get them to admit that they are going to take this baby. Yeah, whatever they were saying get that they were going to do, please uh, let me know in writing because, you know, I don't recall our whole conversation. What is it that you're, you're trying to do? What is it that you want of me? Because they're trying to get her to sign something. They they want her consent. She already did sign something. Oh, she did? No, she only, the only thing that she signed was consent for them to speak to her doctor to confirm that she had been taking prenatal classes and that she had been having her regular visits with the doctor. So to me, it's quite obvious they don't have anything on her. If, if they're going to the doctors to find out whether she's taking prenatal classes or whether she's doing her regular visits, that's all they, they, they're searching for something. That sounds like a whole lot of presumption. That opened the door, and then the other thing is we don't even know what the doctor wrote. And she might say that she only signed a consent form for them to disclose information or get information from her doctor but that doesn't mean that's what she actually signed. Well, she might want to say whatever she signed that I felt this was a benefit for me at the time, but at this time it's no more longer benefit, you know, and she told me proof that you could rob me on my property or have anything to do with my property. Yeah, that that, that would come after. But cut it straight and then, you know, send it out to whomever. And she can make a, you know, I don't know if she can make a police report that somebody threatened to rob her of her property. That might, you know, she could tell what happened. Have a report. Well, or, or you could even mention extortion. You're trying to extort me. But I think that would come after. And yeah. The other thing I would probably do is, is contact the, the doctor and get copies of all the documents that she allegedly signed. Well, yeah, she could do that, but if she have another place to go, because I remember Carl speaking similar like that, she need to go to another state, another area, and have her baby, not there, because then they won't know where she is, and then she can interact with them for wherever she is. She cannot have her baby anywhere else, because I know they'll red flag every every hospital, say, basically in Ontario, and if they even uh, catch a you know, a whiff that you're you're going to be leaving. They'll 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 flag every every hospital in Canada if they have to. You know, so she can't. She's she's not moving. She's not she's not going anywhere. So I'm going to try to help her to deal with it. She could have a midwife do it. I'd I'd be more. I I thought the same thing, Vitell. I thought it wouldn't bother me a bit. I'd do it. I'd love to do it. Well, the thing yeah. is, too, she's due in a week. Yeah. And childbirth isn't something you just wing in the bathroom at home. <clears throat> no, I know. And it is, It you know, it can be dangerous. I was hoping that we could get some letters to this uh, woman at the Children's Aid Society and, and work on this and nip it in the butt, you know, to stop her from even entering into the hospital. Like, you know, what, 
like you say, um, write write her a letter, ask her a question why she feels that she has the right to to take my property. Why do you feel you have the right to take my property, um, my unborn child? Yeah, don't don't use the word property, not yet. Make make the CPS worker uh, confess that she's after it. Yeah. By answering the letter, and if she doesn't answer, that's okay because she's not going to anyway. The thing you guys are all missing is this is all going to happen in like within the next few weeks. So yeah. she doesn't have time to be sending little frivolous letters back and forth. It's going to be something serious. There's not enough time to write and say, are you the man or woman I'm supposed to contact regarding this? Like, yeah. no playing around. It's got to be a serious letter. What I was thinking was I would write her a letter. Her name is Amanda. <clears throat> and I would say, Amanda, with um, concerning the conversation that we had on such and such a date, you stated that you are going to take my unborn child from me when when my unborn child, my son, is born. I do not consent to this. I do not consent to you taking my unborn child when he when he is born. Something to that to that degree. I do not consent to this. And that's it. That's a great fair fair warning letter. So she's she's going to have to have a good reason if she comes into that hospital. Like I want to tell this this woman, her name is Jenna Jen, and I want to tell her that same thing. When she comes in there to t- you, to take your son, um, do you have a warrant for my son? Do you have a bond to go with this warrant for my son? Blah blah blah. Have witnesses. I told her have witnesses. I said constantly get a recorder. I said, don't even talk to them anymore. Thank them very much for the services, that you don't need the services anymore. She said she's refused any help from them. They've offered to give her help, but she's refused it. But since they found out that she was pregnant and since they already have one of her, uh, you know, her little girl, uh, they feel that they can come and find some excuses to take this one now. She's got to move out of that town. She can't. She's poor. What do you mean can't? She's poor. Go to the church. Tell them that uh, she wants to baptize the baby. Uh, when it's born, uh, maybe they can circumcise him for uh, eight days after. And what want... happens when the Sorry. church calls CPS? Yeah, exactly. Why, why would they? Yeah. Article. Churches don't do that. How do you know? Churches don't because. circumcise. How many times has CPS gone to somebody's house and said, oh, your kid's baptized and circumcised? Oh, we don't want this one. Sorry. No, we've got to nip this in the butt. No, the church can provide her a home. She has a home. I would like to hear what Mike would do. First thing I would do is write a letter and rescind any contract. Then maybe... Maybe, I'm not sure, maybe write a letter to her supervisor. And I would maybe write a letter to the doctor saying no disclosing information. But first I would want to get some more information from this woman. So I don't know anything about her. I don't know anything about her past. I don't know what the deal was with the last kid. Okay, okay. yeah, I've... Uh... Uh, inherited a royalty, some royalty from my mother when she passed away. And then there was a big uh, class action lawsuit because the oil company wasn't selling uh, or giving the royalty people enough money. And then the settlement company came to me and said, well, you you earned so much money, but now we want your Social Security number. They wanted a W-9 form filled out, and I told them I didn't consent because the W-9 doesn't uh, uh, apply to me. And then um, a little bit later, they tried to get it again, and I says, look, I told you I do not consent, and uh, the W-9 doesn't apply to me. Just send me the money. And hold on, hold on, hold on. So, they, so they're not sending you any money? Well, what they did then was was send me so uh, well they withheld 28% of it 
and they said they were going to send it to the IRS, but they have no ID number or anything to send it to. So, and I still, I have the check here, and I was debating whether to cash it or not to cash it, but I, I really need the money right now. And um, okay. uh, I've written them three letters telling them that they've got my property, I want it back, and I rent it, I, I, I sent the letters to a man, which was two different men. One was the president of the settlement company, and the other one is the gentleman that wrote the check. And I wrote them three letters saying, just send me the money. Let me ask you this. So they are pumping all off, off of your land. That's what they're doing, right? Right. They're, they're you buying have a contract. You. Right. Hold up, hold up. You have a contract with them. Okay, well, you tell them you no longer wish to, they broke their contract, you no longer wish to do business with them, and if they continue on your property, you're going to sue them. That's crazy. The Why? guy needs the money. Why would he do that? Yeah, no. because I want to sell them uh, the oil. Look, it's very simple. It's very simple. Okay. They got the money for you, right? You say the income tax doesn't apply to you. Let them do it the way they do it, right? Then you can uh, 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 go uh, and claim the money from the IRS afterwards. Well, I until don't know. Until, so. until you find a better way. Since they only gave me partial of the check, could I? How would I endorse it so to show that this is only for partial payment? The problem is the way it's happening right now. They're going to withhold the money, and then you're going to have to go deal with them to get the money, the the, the oil company. And oh. they're going to withhold it because, you know, they have to withhold it because that's the rules they operate under through the IRS and the corporation that they have or whatever. So the easiest way, if you need the money, is just do what they want, get the money, make it a non-taxable event, and then go as the man, go get the money that they kept. You can also yeah. write a letter saying thank you for the partial check. When's the rest of it coming? Well, I've done that already. I says I'm glad. I mean, I'm basically glad for this, and uh, but I just want the rest of my money, the what you withheld. And what they say? They haven't. They don't answer. They've never well, answered any of my letters. Okay, so now what my worry, my concern is, if I go ahead and cash this that I have, how can I write on it that I'm not accepting full payment? Yeah. Can I just write on there, endorsement does not constitute full payment of the royalty due? And uh, I was just wanting to present uh, um, that I don't consent giving a, a, my this Social Security number because this W-9, according to their own rules, does not apply to me. When I go to the court, sometimes, you know, I can't get my paperwork in, okay? And I believe Carl done this, you know, and he wrote this. If you look at his documents, I fill out their form, not the whole thing, just a little bit only. But on their form, I put a exhibit A because their form to me is just a exhibit. It means nothing. It's not part of you, you separating. It's not part of your claim. That's what you're saying. This is only for the purpose for the clerk to file my claim. Now, let's say the IRS Social Security is coming after you. Say you owe them something. Number one, what I did, because they called me up and said I owe, IRS said I owe money, and I asked them to who? And the lady told me to the IRS. You know the IRS. I said, no, no, wait a minute, ma'am. What man or woman is claiming I owe them a debt? She hung up on me. I don't hear from them no more. Okay? Now, all I'm saying is to you, you have to put everything in perspective. You're only filling out that form is to get your money, and that's something they're familiar with. That's how they do business. But make sure you put on that form Exhibit A. Yes, just put, no, just put on that, that form he's going to fill out for them in order to get his money, Exhibit A. When you sign your name, fill it out, you put maybe by your name, you know, kind of where they don't really notice it so much, Exhibit A. So if you have to point it out in the court, you can say right there, say Exhibit A. 
Why wouldn't you attach it as an exhibit to your claim and then write exhibit A when you file your claim? Yeah, but he have to own that paper has to say exhibit A. What is exhibit A? What are you talking about they could say? Say, oh, you have this form here that you fill out. You saying you're a tax paper. You're acting like a tax person. So he said, oh, no, that's not true. That's exhibit A. How does how does writing exhibit A on it mean that it's his form? Because it's not won't be part of his claim, and then he can explain why he filled it out in the first place. Because it's something they understand. It's like in the court. The clerk understands her paperwork. She don't necessarily understand my where I'm going on about. An exhibit oh. is something displayed on the outside. It's a right. it's something attached to something. You can't just have some uh, something called exhibit yes, it's A. It's attached to get his money. It's attached to something that they're familiar with to get what is, his money. That's their way is, they do business. What is the document that he's attaching exhibit A to? When he do his claim. What? If he have to do one. We're right not now, even close to a claim yet. The guy hasn't even got his I cash. know. That's why I'm saying he do it now. So, therefore, when this problem come up, he already have done it. Okay, it's, it's very simple. You, you're dealing with a corporation. They, they only deal with persons. They're sending a check to a person. The person has to have a, a social security number. They have their forms that have to be filled out. Fill them out. They'll send you the whole check. Then deal with it as a man later. Okay, I just thought I would deal with the man first. Uh, just say, send me the money. I don't, because... No, because you're dealing with a corporation, okay? No. The funds are coming from a corporation, and a corporation can only interact with persons. A corporation can't pay a man. That's why they never answered any of your letters. That's part of it. I did this with the oil company that owned, that, that caused this class action suit, which they had to sell out. I just told them, says, I don't consent. They kept giving me my royalty check, and they never withheld anything. They never made any squabble. They did it. Maybe that's why there was a class action lawsuit. <laughs> no. No, it was somebody else that caused it. No, 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 no. I'm just kidding. But it's no big deal, man. You're making it way too complicated. Okay. As a, as a man, afterwards, you know, like like I said, one one way that you could do it is you could have the person write a check to the man because you, that's your land, right? They're doing business through your person. Then your person pays you. Now that's not taxable, and the person didn't make any money because they received. $5,000, they paid you $5,000. They received $7,000, they paid you $7,000, right? And the person has no tax liability. And the man doesn't doesn't have a tax liability, so what's the problem? The, uh, if they sent me sent a check to the person, then how would I have the person write it to the man? Well, the person has an account, right? You have a bank account for your person, yeah. and all you do is you write the check, sign it, and make it to your name. And now you can endorse it in the back whatever way you want. I mean, you don't even have to take that step, but you could if you wanted to. If you endorse that in the back for lawful money, it's, you know, allegedly, I've never, I mean, I've been doing it, but uh, I've never had, never been called on it. But what, there's what, a lot of other people, especially what David money? What is huh? what is lawful money? What's lawful money? Is that what you said? Why, why is everybody telling to write all this UCC shit and all this lawful money and all these it's crazy endorsements? It's not UCC. It, it's it's uh, US, 12 USC section 411. That just sounded like blah, 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 blah to me. I, I don't get it. Okay. Well, that's just something. Yeah, about. cash for dollars. Yeah, cash you want dollars. to redeem it for with lawful money, but that's only for the Federal Reserve, really. I've had bank tell me I can't do that anymore, too. They would not cash a check. When so I you're the on. Okay, if, if you read. Hello? Hello? Yeah. Hello? What? 
Uh, he got cut off. Sound like somebody got cut off. My So uh, one uh, one way, uh, another way is uh, doing it uh, par value unknown. What's that? Par value unknown. Deposited for um, lawful money. Par value unknown. And if par value is unknown, then uh, there's really no way to figure out the tax. Okay, well, par, is that like P-A-R? Yeah, yeah, par value, like a value is unknown. Oh. You know, what do we compare it to? What's, okay. you know, what's what's it worth today? What's, you know, what was it worth when I got it? Okay. That, that There's a, a few different ways. The, uh, David Merrill, is, uh, he's got uh, some uh, videos on YouTube on that. Uh, but it, it's, you're making it way too complicated. You tr- you're trying to find a battle as a man, but they're not really dealing with a man. Well, I, I I wrote to the man that's the president of that corporation, and I wrote to the man who signed the check. I'm dealing with a man, two different men. You're dealing, with, right a pres- you, you're dealing, you're dealing with a president or CEO of a company. Right. Which, no. which I wrote to a man, his name, who is who uh, participates as the CEO for this company. Right, and as a, as CEO for that company, he has a certain way he's got to do business. Well, you know, according to their their charter and their uh, uh, corporation uh, charter, whatever. So he's not gonna write a check out of the account without having to be able to justify it in their accounting where it went and uh, what the taxable event is. Well, I may have already lost it anyway because I only have 10 days left to cash the check or it's not valid, they said. It says it on the uh, check. How long have you been I'll holding the check? I'll just cash it, fill out the W-9, and sign N-A. That might be the N-A, huh? <laughs> Non-assumption. That will void the W-9 for any liability against you. Well, let me ask you this. Do you have something in writing that's that's actually your signature? Sorry, I couldn't understand. There's too much interference or something. All right. It's, yeah, a lot of noise. Somebody's got background noise. you got to mute out. Yeah, they got background noise. That's Carl. No, I don't think so. Anyways, why don't you uh, listen to this? Why don't you, do you have something with an ID on it that says your signature is N.A.? No, I I don't have that, no. So, well, well, why would you sign that N.A. if they go to check your uh, ID? My ID says, by the way, my ID does say that, but I don't know if yours do. So you might want to get some ID that says that. Man, too complicated. Man, it's a shit. Just fill out the W-9, get your check. They'll send you the whole check. This check that you already have it, go, you know, go deposit it in the bank. Put, uh, you know, contact me on Skype. I'll send you a few things. You can decide what you want to use. And uh, that's it. Why, why complicate it? You said you need the money. Yeah, I do. I need the money, yeah. I just... you, tried to fight, you tried to fight a battle that is unnecessary. Are you sure that they're not going to take the the taxes right out of the check? Are you sure they're going to give him his his money and then? Well, you could ask, could ask, but normally, and when you do a W nine royalties or any type of check like that, all they want is a way to send a ten ninety nine afterwards of all the money they sent you. Then you have something to use to file your taxes or the or the person's taxes. Yeah. Well, why why don't you write a letter? You already said you wrote one. It said the only reason I fill this out because obviously you're familiar with this form, and it's only to uh so you can file whatever you have to file. This is my only purpose of filling out this form, C Exhibit A, and send that to them. Period. Done. Why Make sure you, you got exempt on it also. Right. Why don't you just do that? Write them a letter. You know I'm a man. 
you know, that you've been paying, whatever you've been, and, you know, obviously you want me to fill out this form, and I know that's something you're familiar with. The only reason I'm filling it out, so I guess you could, uh, you know, give me what's due to me, something like that, you know. And, you know, you also send them a letter, so you still establish that you're the man, and you still want to get, you know, get that you want. So anything come up, you will have that, you know, on file. Okay. Yeah, I I, I see what, what you're saying. What do you think about that? Yeah. Well, I just thought since it didn't apply to me, their own rules says it doesn't apply to oh, me. But but don't I, oh, don't worry about it. That's saying. League of East. It never applied to you. Don't worry about that. Don't keep going back over that. All right. I believe you should just simply write them a letter. You know, whoever this individual, you say, you know, um, if he's your, the boss, the supervisor, well, you're a man that sometimes is the supervisor for this company. I'm a man, and I'm only filling out this form so you can file. Boom, there you go. You're done, and that's it. And then he send it to them. Okay, okay. And you can do a follow-up letter. Have you received my uh my letter, you know, you know, and do a follow-up letter, and they perhaps say yes, whatever, and there you go. Or you might want to record them, and you call them up, have you received my letter? You know, the form that I fill out, you know, what's on, you know, what the letter with the form, you know, C is every A, and then you can recall it, and they can say, yep, I got it, great. You know, everything going to be fine. I will get all my money. Yep, fine. There you go. What's going to happen is you're not going to get your checks. Well, you can try in the case. I got part of it anyway. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why you you you're fighting it. Okay. Well, I just was. Tr- okay. Well, that's what I would do. But you the know, contract is done between the person and the corporation. Okay. They're trying to pay the person, not a man. Well, I see what you're saying, but I just now the man handles his his matter afterwards. Yeah, I was just following the rules on this W-9 form and thought I could get some point across to some corporation, I guess, yeah. Well, like I said, you can fill out the W-9 in a way that will be acceptable to them and to you. Okay. Cross off some stuff or whatever. But if they don't accept it, don't risk not getting your check. Get your check and then deal with it later. One way that you can do it is, uh, 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 and I just heard this recently, is when you signed on on the bottom, uh, right below that, right void. The sit for the for signature, huh? Yeah. But, but below your signature, okay. Yeah, somewhere around your signature, void. Yeah, but don't let you know. Don't make it conspicuous, you know. Yeah, you don't. I mean, don't write it in the whole document, but whatever, you know. Yeah. yeah, write somewhere on the whole document. I man void this whole contract. Something but I, I don't even think any. I don't even think any of that is necessary if there's a restrictive endorsement and in, in all the checks when you deposit them or cash them. Yeah, but see, once you sign that, that's yours. You know, so you want to explain, you know, from the get go why you're doing it. Anyway, that's my take on it. If anybody else has something to say about it, great. The call's going to end pretty soon, uh, Mike. Uh, probably. Probably around eleven, a little after eleven. It's eleven now. That's probably going to end soon. Well, I Are thank you, you, gentlemen, for your discussion with me. Okay. Yeah, contact. I happen to be a woman, but thank you. Okay. Yeah, I got ten days. So okay. Contact me on Skype if you want me to send a few of those examples, and then you can choose what you want. All right. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. I really right. thank you. Thank, thank you. Snakes, uh-huh. snakes in line. <laughs> I think pretty much done. I don't Hey, why did why did you tell them to put void under the bottom? I uh, somebody was just uh, uh, teaching about that, and uh, basically, like, if you write a check and then you write void, it's void. Yeah. Okay. So, like, you're filling out the form, they got the whole thing, and then you just vo- you doing it because they want they want you to, but you voided it out. Okay, so you're basically giving them something that's worthless? Uh, I would say so if it's voided. Yeah, if you, if you avoid it, you throw somebody a check and then you avoid a cross in front of it. What are they supposed to do with it? Come back to you and say this is no good? Give me another one? 
You say, well, why did you avoid it? I'm probably going to ask you a simple question. Why did you avoid it? Did you send us a duplicate or something? Was this a, was this the second copy or something? Why did you avoid it? I'm just trying to figure out why you, you, you like, you know, you said you write void in really small letters on the so assignment. It doesn't have to be small. It doesn't have to be small, but I wouldn't do it on the whole document. Then they'll refuse it. I don't know. I mean, somebody was somebody was teaching that. That's. I just thought of that now. Yeah, but, but then what was the purpose of what was the person handing something that's void? Why would somebody? I'm, I'm trying to figure out what what are they teaching? Uh, it's. I, I think it would it would be in in um, like when you're forced to sign a form that you don't want to sign. Oh, dude, 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 you know what? Somebody put a gun to your head and said sign it. Did somebody put a gun? No. Well, they said forced. Who's forcing you? They got your own time. They're kidnapping your children. Well, they're uh, not maybe not forced, but uh, pushing you to do it. 